Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So I can get this. I can get this up. I can do this unlike everyone else on the show, right? Right? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Because no one on this show can Welcome to the True Detective Podcast. Brought to you by Bob Beck. My name is Sadie. That guy's name is Shane. Yep. Hi, Sadie. Hi. How are you? Great. Good Fourth of July. Wonderful Fourth of July. Ready to talk to some True Detective. Yay, America! Woo! Yes, because you know everyone, (laughs) Happy America Day. Yes, ma'am. We're calling it. Um, and yes, ma'am. <laughs> and uh, so before we start, we have an uh, email from Bricktails from last week from the episode called Night Finds You. Shane, would you like to read that? I can do that. You should um, do that. Bricktails. Woo! Bricktails says, Hello, gentlemen and lady. Hi. I, ju- <laughs> I just got done watching Night Finds You, and I have to say, holy crap. Did they just kill off Ray? I really yep. didn't see that coming. Yes, he's totally yep. dead forever. Yep, uh, yep. He says, uh, before getting into the episode, my first response was to note that I think maybe I know Justin Lin. When I saw his name in the credits, it just clicked. Back in my first year of grad school at UCLA in the early 90s, I lived in the grad student dorm, and I was friends with a guy who was a technical theater major in the MFA program there, and in hanging out with him, also met other theater types. One of them was this Asian-American guy named Justin, and I think maybe his last name was Lin. I checked his bio, and back before he was directing big-budget movies, he got his MFA at UCLA in 95. Dang, guess I should have gotten to know the guy better. Yeah, Bricktails could be on TV right now. Yeah, nice move, (laughs) Bricktails. Anyway, aside from that possible passing brush with celebrity, on to the episode. I really liked the part at the start where different officials were giving directives to the various detectives, setting up all these conflicting motivations. Probably my favorite thing in this show is the transitions, which tend to follow the pattern of long pause in the dialogue, growing moody music, some transition shot like a view from above of traffic patterns, which, pause, I am trying to keep track of those traffic shots because they use them so many times in every episode. It's true. Okay. It's um, true. And, and, and the awesome transition last week, too, of the, uh, the stains on the ceiling to the eyes of the, the dead guy. Yep. Yeah, nice uh, transitions. All right, so unpause uh, from a view <laughs> or a shot from below of train cars, etc., and then a long scene of the entrance of another character. I think it's the silences and moodiness of the show that I like even more than the characters and the plot. It seems that Antigone was probably molested or in some other way abused as a kid on that commune, which is why she is constantly armed and determined never to be hurt by a man. We also get to learn that Frank's past is a neglected and probably abused kid. The scene was pretty amazing. Actually, every scene with him was amazing. I've always associated Vince Vaughn with comedy, but he really needs to do more drama. I read Antigone back in high school English, but only vaguely remembered it, so I read the Wikipedia recap. In the play, (laughs) Antigone defied her father and had strange relations with her sister, though she also tried to protect her, and her mother killed herself. Sound familiar? If so... Nope, nope, (laughs) nope. What? What? I'm not getting it. (laughs) Uh, if so does this this doesn't bode well for Antigone uh, her since the character killed herself in the end then finally to the last moments it doesn't seem there is any way that Ray survived the shooting at the end though it also seems surprising they would kill off one of the big name actors in the second episode I suppose they could say that he was wearing a bulletproof vest or something but that seems like a weak story 
or maybe he's dead, but he will still be on the show through a series of flashbacks. Anyway, can't wait to see the next episode. If I get a chance to watch that today, I'll try to send thoughts on it before you record tonight. Seven's the same as ten to me at this point. You can't round off zero. Bricktails. To that. What's up with that signature? Seven's the same as ten to me at this point. You can't round off zero. Uh, Frank oh, said it last week. I remember. Yes, he was talking about all the money that he does not have anymore. Yeah, because he's like, yeah, can you get ten? Can you get seven? No, seven's the same as same as ten. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, the whole uh, bulletproof vest and everything, and it's funny because Bricktails did actually watch the episode and read again an hour later. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he did. He did get to see what it was. Not bulletproof vest. Um, rubber bullets, apparently. Yeah, like cops use. Dun, dun, dun. I like that when he said that. It was like a dig at her, but didn't really seem to make sense. I do think it's another clue. Yeah, true that. Okay, so the first week we did um, each individual character because Mm -hmm. they were very individual. This week, I have broken it down into the characters individually and their um, joining togethers. So... Who do you want to start with first? Uh, let's see. Well, after that that cliffhanger, I think we should uh, I think we should start with Ray. Let's start with Ray, shall we? Yeah. Bar. Tell me what you singer. think. Singer. Bar singer. Dad's dream. Um, so, what I love most of all, and I wrote it on my hand, is the rose, and I'm going to karaoke the rose next time I go karaoke. It is one of the m- most like catchy songs in the world. I have it stuck like in my, my head. That's my- that's my takeaway from this episode. Karaoke the roast next time. And I'm pretty much done with the episode because that's all I all have. Right. But no. quiz question. So, um, uh, who what? was quiz question? Who was that person impersonating? What celebrity was uh, supposed to be singing the roast? Conway Twitty. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I only know because I read that. I read that. I always like type up or not type up, but print a bunch of like um, articles about the show the next mm-hmm. day because I don't have any podcasts to listen to before we podcast, which is what I usually do. That's why you wanted us to podcast the day after the show so that we can be the first every week. I know, and yet, <laughs> and yet, did I did I put on our show last week really fast? No, no, I didn't. I wasn't but. gonna say anything. But you, you sort of did. No, I didn't mean it like that. Now I, meant now that. I don't like you anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm very judgy. Listen, so, Sadie um, is taking but, applications for the position of co-host. <laughs> but so, what if, what if, have you seen Jacob's letter? What if he is dead? Uh, and the, he's been dead if, all this episode and giving clues no, to people and stuff? What What if the rest of the season is, is Ray being dead? I'm, I'm. I don't believe that. I but think I'm it's just... no. I, I. I don't think so either. Because I mean, he does practical. Pl- he does things like push Antigone out of the way of that truck at one point. I mean, that's true. What I if Antigone is dead? What if? What if? What if my <laughs> uh, my theory that two people are dead has yeah. already happened? Uh, hey, we each got a point this week on the predictions. By the way. Oh yeah. We and both. They were? We both said that Ray would survive to the next episode. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Yes, so he's not John Snowing. Sorry, spoiler alert. But um, <laughs> I liked the line, um, "Where is this?" instead of "Where am I?" Yeah, like that was nice because like normally people are like, "Where am I?" But hmm. "Where is this?" was really nice, and I love it. His dad is Fred Ward. Do you know who Fred Ward is? No, he's awesome. He's actually, oh my god, Fred Ward. I'm I'm gonna get flack if I'm wrong, but Fred Ward is in the remake of Psycho with with Vince Vaughn. Oh. Interesting. I'm fairly fairly certain. And is he related to June Ward? I know who that is. Oh, that would be possible. That's possible. Age-wise, that's possible, but I don't know. Have you seen The Player? No. Okay, well, then you don't listen to the podcast that Trent and I do, and I don't love you anymore. <laughs> so, whatever, because that was one of our unlikely double features. But he, uh, he he's one of the people in The Player, and at the beginning, he's like... And this is really weird, too, because he's like, in the old days, the movies are all cut, cut, cut. But my dad was like, key grip on, um, oh, shit, what was it? Oh, one of those. Casablanca. Awesome. No, not Casablanca. Dawn with really the Wind. Op- no. Uh, God damn it. I the Wizard of Oz. Off the top of my head. Orson Welles movie with. Rosebud. Um, with. Citizen Kane. No, no, no. Ah, shit, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. Orson Welles movie with um, Charlton Heston playing a Mexican and the chick from Psycho. 
Well, shit. And yeah, one of my favorites, and I can't remember its name right now. Damn it, because I suck. So good. Anyway, anyway, so that. Um, so moving on, and then he wakes up <laughs> and rubber bullets, rubber bullets. So rubber baby baby bullets. Do uh, we rubber? Do we buy this that rubber bullets is that's okay to be shot point blank in the chest with a bunch of rubber bullets? On okay. The, on the one this hand, reason? well, okay. On the one hand, I wouldn't want to be shot point blank in the chest with rubber bullets. I think that or anything or anything. But, Let's just go with anything. All right, but I all right. I thought about it this way: rubber bullets are often used with like crowds and stuff. And if you're firing yeah. into the crowd, you're likely to get hit by one, and that's at a distance, and that could mm-hmm. take you down. So I could see how shooting him point blank with the full force of it could knock him out until 7 in the morning. Yeah. I I liked that he had this weird fever dream and then just like, (laughs) yeah, Um, that was nice. I liked it, actually. I believe it. That fever dream was awesome, by the way. That made me think again about David Lynch. uh, Touch of Evil. Touch of Evil. What? Touch of Evil. Have you not seen Touch of Evil, Shane? I don't think I've seen Touch of Evil. It's amazing. <laughs> because for one thing, for one thing, Charlton Heston plays a Mexican. No, I definitely seen, have not seen him. You've seen Charlton Heston, right? Yes. Because he's a white man. Yes. So I, I, yes they, put a, very good. They, they put a bunch of like tan makeup on him. And at one point, he's looking for his wife, who is the, the chick from Psycho, whose name escapes me right now. Vivian. Um, but he's like, Vivian Lee, yes. So he's running around going, Donia Sama Esposa. <laughs> like, it sounds like totally like a white guy saying, yeah. where's my wife? Donia Sama Esposa. But it's, it's amazing. It also has Marlena Dietrich and, wow. um, and, and Orson Welles. And it's incredible. It's one of the most amazing film noirs ever. So kind of like what I've been saying all along with this show, all along with the last two episodes, this is a film noir. Yeah. And... I was listening to a podcast the other day where this guy was griping about the way they talk, and he's like, nobody talks like this. It's so irritating. No one talks like this. Well, yeah, they're talking like Humphrey Bogart is what they're doing. That's what I was just going to say. No one says crack and foxy either, except for Humphrey Bogart in Maltese Falcon. And, yeah, that's what they're doing. This movie, this show is not, it's not real it's not real life. And one of the articles I read also said this, but I was saying beforehand, it's not real life. And this article said it's not Los Angeles, it's Los Angeles in quotes. Yeah, like well, it's, is, it's Vinci. They made up a, t- a city for this, you know. Yeah, it's all, yeah, it's very, it's very much like old-timey film noir. It's sort of like in the way that, did you ever watch Deadwood? A little bit. The Deadwood is very Shakespearean in a weird way. Like everyone on that show talks, talks really, really weird, but it's the it's the style of the show, mm-hmm. and this has a style to its show, to the show, and the show is very old timey film noir, forties, fifties. Well, yeah, no one does and, talk like that. No one talked like that back then, but that's how crime writers wrote back then. Well, and, that's and what I also they're writing think like now. there's an I explanation. I think there's an explanation for it, too, because I feel like a lot of that dialogue that you're talking about has been coming from Frank. And his whole story is, I used to be a gangster, and now I've worked my way up to legitimate business. Basically, something what somebody online said was, uh, I'm a fancy man now. I use fancy man words, you know. Exactly, right? So there's yes. a plot reason why those why that language is in there. Like when they sit down and they talk about uh I'm apoplectic right now, you know. Oh, I had to look up that word. Do you know what it means? It means super angry, like consumed with anger. Yes, yes. I wrote I wrote down the actual definition of it, but yes, essentially that. And that was awesome because I was like I went to Chris and I'm like, What the fuck does apoplectic mean? <laughs> So, yeah, so you have not seen Jacob's Ladder? No. Am I correct on that? Okay. So, yeah, Jacob's Ladder, spoiler alert, if you guys haven't listened to it, Jacob's just dead. Ignore, ignore me for the first second. Um, yeah, he, the beginning happens, and he gets in a terrible, terrible, like, firefight in the war, and then weird-ass shit happens for two years, and then at the end, he dies, because it all happened in that last second. And have you seen the Twilight Zone episode or read the book, An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge? I've read the story, yeah. I know yeah, I'm familiar with that. Thing. Yeah. Same thing, where the guy like gets hanged. As he's dropping, mm-hmm. he all of a sudden like feels like he escapes and he has this like half an hour episode of Twilight Zone and then at the end 
he actually is hanged. That's when you like, uh, talk about Jacob's Ladder, is that the Robin Williams movie? No. Oh. No, that's Jacob what? the Liar. Sorry. Yeah, no. Jacob's Ladder is um, Tim Robbins. Okay. Well, I'll and have to look has, it up. has Elizabeth Pena and um, Crazy Eyes. You watch Walking Dead, right? Or do you not? I do watch Walking Dead, but when I hear Crazy Eyes, I think of Orange is the New Black. Oh, okay, yeah, that, yes. But this guy that I've always called Crazy Eyes, he was in season two of Walking Dead, and he was the one who I think got dropped down into the um, tank, like on the farm, and killed by the uh, zombies. Not, he has the, wait, eyes that moved, the guy that went shopping that with Shane and, got, and Shane totally, you know, had yes. him killed? That's Otis. Yes, yes, Otis, yes, yes, thank you, yes. But he can do this thing with his eyes where he can flip, flip his eyes back and forth really fast. Yeah. He does it all the time. I wonder and if that's on, on his resume. I, I know it is. It has to be. I'm the guy who can flip my eyes back and forth really fast. Wanna he see? was also on X-Files, and he did it again. And then he was just in something else recently I saw. I'm like, Chris, it's fucking crazy eyes. I know. <laughs> so there's the orange and the new black, but there's this guy. Okay. Otis. Yes. And his name is, get this, Pruitt Taylor Vince. Interesting. The weirdest, the weirdest name in the world. Should be Vince Taylor Pruitt, Pruitt or something. I Not think Pruitt. anybody with the first name Pruitt uh, is from the country club or something. He's okay in your book, though, right? Sorry? <laughs> he's okay in your book, though? Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, cool. I don't try to take after my namesake. I'm not going to try to kill him. <laughs> okay, so wow, that was a really like large, um, um, you know, going segue. on. But segue, segue, sure, we can call it segue. No, can you're right. That? It's not a segue because a segue is when you are trying to get to another topic. Anyway. Yeah, they, yeah, this was a going off on another yeah. a tangent. That was a tangent. Yes, we do speak pretty sometimes. <laughs> we talk pretty one day. Yep. Yes. So who were we talking about? We were talking about first. Uh, first, we were um, talking about Ray. Okay, Ray. All right, so I have Ray one. This thing, um, or bullets. Um, oh, did he call her Xena? That was cute. Yeah. Okay, Xena. Um, one of my... Okay, what do you have on Ray? Because I can't read my Ray. Uh, well, besides what we've already talked about, there's the uh, the scene at the end where uh, he has to confront his wife, and she wants to pay him to leave them alone. Yeah. That but, sucks. But no. But no. <laughs> Fuck her. And then the other thing that I have written down about Ray is uh when all right, when they're doing the scene where they're chasing the guy through the homeless camp. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Colin Farrell okay, well the actual the note that I have oh sorry, hold on a sec. Sorry, my T V started playing. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, the note that I have is Julia Shumway could take lessons from Ray on how to run like you're actually injured. Uh, because <laughs> Colin Farrell did such a good job of looking like he was about to die while he chased that guy. He really did. He really did. Unlike Julia Shumway, who wears her bandage on the outside of her jeans. And grabs the wrong leg. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's true. And but, all the people however, on that show that forget that they're injured 10 minutes later. But continue. Yeah. Um, Under the Dome. Listen to our <laughs> podcast on BalticEffect.com. Do listen damn. to it. I'm not on it. Because, damn. Okay. But that actually moves on to my Ray and Annie okay. uh, segment. So back to just Ray, the doctor. Mm-hmm. That, um, everything everything he has is under the sun. And he has he has everything under the sun. Like, every vice. Actually, yes, every vice under the sun. Do you actually want to live? Well, yeah. 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 I, I think he does now. I think maybe he didn't, but I think he does now. Yeah, it's probably true. I love the transition with that though, where they showed the X-ray of his lungs, and then it and then it faded into just like the buildings, which was really nice. Yeah. Well, that's what Brick Tales um, was talking so, about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I haven't read it yet. You. No, the one we just read at the beginning of the show, Sadie. Yeah, I'm sorry, but that was last week's episode. I'm talking about this week's episode. What I'm saying is that he brought up transitions last week, and now this is still a thing. He did. It's true. Um, So Catalyst rented um, that guy's apartment, which is interesting. They Um, rented the apartment, and the car was through his own personal company or whatever, so he did not have his name anywhere on that. 
Yeah, and I just cannot get over the fact that this whole thing is called Catalyst. Like, mm. could you be more obvious about the thing? Like, is this the catalyst for the whole thing? Well, I don't know. It's just called a catalyst. You don't think it's a little bit on the nose? Nah. <laughs> we'll just call it a catalyst. That'll be fine. Um, so the uh, um, camera and the hard drive, and the, that Raven guy took it. That's really interesting. Now, see, um, I want to go over something that people were talking about last week, because I, I do go and read people online. Uh, and this theory, I'm glad it turned out not to be true, but this theory that somebody had was that when Birdman comes out at the end of last episode and shoots Ray, mm -hmm. uh, it's right in front of the camera. And the idea that they had was that Ray is faking getting shot. Like, he's in league with Birdman. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't think that's true after seeing this episode. I'm, I hope it's not true. What about this theory that I heard about? That the house is a snuff film factory... And that that's why the bullets that were there were not actual bullets that would kill you. Because if you walk into the stuff film factory, you're not actually going to get killed, but you're going to look like you got killed. Oh, they're making fake snuff films. Yeah, or they might they might be making real ones also, but they might be making fake ones. And well, knowing Casper, he does like to watch stuff. and He likes to watch stuff. And so what if Casper is the one who's watching on the webcam... Mm -hmm. that's set up there, and also that he has the, like, $4,000 withdrawal every month with the red circle. Okay, he doesn't drive see... his car anywhere that day because someone is picking up someone, paying them the money to come to this place, and they're making films that he's watching from somewhere else. Well, the only problem I have with it, I love that theory, the only problem I have with it is that I don't think it's a snuff film in that situation. I think that... Uh, Casper is into sex, and I think they're probably making weird orgies there with the mask people, you know. Why is there a bunch of blood on the floor? Because something went wrong. Oh, I don't think oh. that's always there. Uh, but that, so, that particular so, blood so, was there because that's where they killed Casper. Oh. That's what they said this episode, that it was the murder scene. Um, so Casper, I'm guessing, pays $4,000 out of his bank on the same date every month because that's his membership fee to get to watch this orgy on his computer. And oh, okay. something went wrong and he showed up at the filming location, which he's never supposed to be at, I imagine. I'm making all this up. Mm -hmm. okay, and no, he wound up good. dead. And Birdman, you know, stole a car from the uh, from the film and for some reason mm -hmm. and killed him and dropped him off and then set the car on fire for some reason. Here's oh, that I was to try to frame before. the other guy. Who, who's Birdman? Who do you think the Birdman is? Do you have a well, theory? I think it's somebody that we've met, and I think it's mm -hmm. a cop because he was using the kind of riot bullets that cops use. But could they not have also been using bullets that would look like they were killing someone for fake? Uh, that of, is a possibility, kind of but uh, when they're talking about but, him... But then know, they also did kill Casper. There is that whole line where Ray says, you know, like cops use. And I just felt like that was a big yeah. lampshade hanging clue. Like, look at this. But does that sound like something that True Detective would do? Like, give you an actual clue like that and bonk well, you over the head with it? If you think, I don't know about bonk you over the head, but they have given legit clues before. Um, That's true. Like, last season, I think, with some of the uh, the names and stuff, and when they, uh, I can't remember exactly, but there were little things that if you looked back, added up. That's true. So do Ooh. you want to, how, how, how confident are you in your theory? Do you want to make an official prediction that it's a... Nope. Uh, no, nope, no, nope, oh, okay. no, nope, 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 because this show is way too confusing for me. I have no confident predictions. I will make an official prediction that okay, I think I, I think that it was some sort of uh, orgy thing that was being filmed and sent, you know, online to Casper. Okay. So I'm All writing right. orgy filming subscription service. <laughs> And one thing I heard also, and like totally this is not me, someone else looked this up and I read it on, on online on the, the boards and shit, that um, 
the halfway boots that Rick Springfield was wearing mm-hmm. were really similar to the boots of the person who shot Ray and very similar to the boots of the person who dropped off Casper. Mm. So maybe his um, crazy, like, very pulled taut Rick Springfield guy is the guy who is, is the Raven. Maybe. So, so far, I wrote down that prediction. So far, I have one right, you have one right, and one wrong. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, so the dad, and he's bringing him some indica and um, Parkinson's. And do you think I didn't, oh, catch, I Parkinson's I didn't catch the Parkinson's? I think he has Parkinson's. He's, he's very shaky, mm-hmm. and, his, and his son bought him some indica. And he said mm-hmm. that the indica wasn't going to make him so much one thing as the other. Uh, well, and the dad had complained. He said, last, the last stuff you brought me kept me up all night. And yeah, so yeah. this one, he told him, he said, this will help you get some sleep. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. And help That's the appetite, because the dad said he wasn't hungry. Oh, poor him. And the Kirk Douglas movie he was watching, I heard this somewhere, I believe is called The Detectives. Cool. So there's that. Um, okay, so I think I'm done with Ray. Do you have anything else on just Ray by himself? Uh, I was going to say about that scene with him and his dad, how uh, different his dad was in Ray's memory or dream or whatever at the beginning of the episode. His dad's still wearing his uniform and is very, you know, seems very respectable or whatever. And then in the reality, he's sitting on a couch. He's getting half pension for something that he did wrong, I guess. And mm-hmm. he's just letting his son take care of him. He's not eating. And he's mildly racist, it seems. So, you know, the... <laughs> Ray's dream of his dad is different from his dad, is all I was saying. Yeah, totally. And I wonder if Ray's son's dream of his dad is different from him. Oh, I bet. I wonder. Yeah. So, uh, Frank. Want to talk about Frank? Always. Um, He can't even jerk off in a cup. Sad. Well, he's going through some stressful times. You know, he can't even take a shit without somebody pointing a gun to his head and saying, is it a good idea? That's what I have under Frank one because <laughs> uh, so what happened was I watched the first 20 minutes at work on my iPod during lunch mm-hmm. and didn't take notes. And then I came home, watched the last 40 minutes and then went back. So my notes are a little jumbled. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, my, actually- mine too. I watched, uh, I watched last night and then, uh, late last night. And then I went to the water park today and got home just in time to watch it one more time before we recorded. <laughs> yeah. We got home last night, but we're left. Yesterday afternoon, we're all just exhausted and starving and heat-stroked. Mm-hmm. And so last night, I watched Mean Girls instead of watching um, True Detective. Well, sometimes you need to put something in your brain. Sometimes positive. I need to watch another another Rachel McAdams thing so that yeah. I can compare and contrast Rachel McAdams. That's what I was I was doing research. Okay. okay. It was research. Okay. Speaking of Frank. <laughs> The uh-huh. part, or just a random point in the episode, but the part where he beats up that guy with the grill. Did you did you catch what the grill said? It said "fuck you." Yep. I also like that um, Annie said earlier, "Talk to me again like that, and you're taking your teeth home in a baggie." Oh, and, and then, then he broke those guys' teeth then, out. And then Frank took somebody's teeth home, essentially in a baggie. He's like, <laughs> so the first thing that Frank says is mm-hmm. pretty much that things change for me, they change for you. Because that guy was like, what, dude, really, what? I thought we were square. Nope, nope, nope. And yeah, it's a very godfather thing. You know, like sometimes I might come to you, sometimes I might not. Sometimes mm-hmm. I might need something a little extra. And this guy needs to understand, Frank needs something a little extra right now. They Frank's desperate. Me, things change for you. He's very desperate. He's trying it's to not- come across as badass and he's... Not well. He was successful beating up that guy, but I mean, like intimidating the guy earlier and trying to get more money out of him. It's just mm-hmm. it's sad, Frank. Come on. Well, and then he does the same same Godfather thing. Actually, he pulls mm-hmm. the Teamsters on him. Yeah. It's like so the Teamsters might do this or this, and I can handle this for you. Mm-hmm. That's exactly like word for word, pretty much what um what uh what's his name? Oh, God, never mind. <laughs> you know, you know, Godfather. Yeah. And anyway, what the guy says to like the movie producer is like, "So your girls can turn to heroin pretty soon." Like, "Wait, are you muscling me? You you kraut Mick?" He's like, "Yeah, that guy." <laughs> <laughs> well, first he calls him uh, a goomba or whatever, and he's like, "I'm German Irish." Well, let me tell you this, my kraut Mick friend. <laughs> so, <laughs> so dicky. But yeah, the same thing. Oh, and then he's like, "So you like the schools in Tarzana?" 
So it's like he's just threatening, like, everything about him. Do you like the schools your kids go to? Do you mm-hmm. like the fact that your teams just are working for you? How's your wife, or Sarah, you like, or whatever? Yeah, would you would you like to fuck all this up right now, or would you like to help me out? I guess I'll help you out, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what I have under uh, Frank 2, and I have Frank 3 somewhere in my random notes. Because well, you write everything down, and then you type them, don't you? No, that, oh, I typed them that um, one time so that I could organize it better. So, um, Osip. Do you think Osip is um, Joseph in Russian? Sounds like it could be. I think it could be. I like that he com- called him a commie Jew fuck. Yes. <laughs> and the interesting theory that he came up with was that did Osip kill kill uh, Casper? I don't know why would Osip do that. What benefit would he have? That's a good point. It's a good point. Also, and also speaking who the of Osip, Stan. Sorry. Who the hell is Stan? Stan was one of Frank's guys. Uh, he's been in the last couple episodes, but he's just, you know, somebody that Frank will give orders to or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty much just like, oh, Stan? Stan's dead. Oh, who's Stan? <laughs> uh, going back to Osip just real quick, uh, with the Russians being involved, what do you think of all these, you know, Eastern European characters that have been on the show all of a sudden? Well, do you mean besides the sweet Eastern block pussy? Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's, there's a lot of uh, Eastern European hookers, but then there's also, like, Mayor Cassini's wife, you know? Yeah, yeah. I know. That is interesting. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know if there's any connection with OSIP with any of that or whatever. It seems like there kind of has to be, doesn't there? There's lots and lots of Eastern... Like, have you seen Eastern Promises? It seems very much like that, like an Eastern Promises kind of uh, mafia. Yeah. And that, like, Frank might have, like, gotten himself in a little bit too deep with an Eastern Russian bloc kind of mafia that he's not really used to. He might have been like a big American mob boss, mm-hmm. but then he's run into people who's like shit is a little bit deeper, a little bit harsher than what he's used to. Yeah. Which, which is very noir. Oh my God. That's so noir. Like he got he in might too be, deep. He got in he too deep with be, Jimmy two shoes. Yeah. He might be the guy. I mean, who's like in too deep with the mafia and in too deep with stuff he doesn't really get. And he could be the, like, the noir guy, but also so could the mayor who is married to this Eastern black crazy bitch. Mm-hmm. That bitch is crazy. I mean, and they're like, did you have a party last night? No. Then oh yeah. What, and then what is going on with you then? Her... I mean, she's, she's dressed like a soap opera lady, like in full makeup and full. I mean, she, she fell asleep on the couch and woke up like that. And then her stepson is throwing hookers out the window <laughs> They're not hookers, I guess, but, you know, the show's all about the hookers. Uh, you know, throwing that woman out the window and then, you know, acting uh, with, as Annie called it, that accent. Uh, you know, yeah. just what is up with very, this whole house? Like, he was being very, um, like, if I'm not mistaken, it seemed very like New Jersey, like Sopranos accent that he was trying to do. Like, you're I don't totally even not know. that. But yeah, it's like, what's with your accent? I'm totally playing. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? The <laughs> weirdo. He was awesome though. I kind of liked him. I liked that whole family. Actually. He was very interesting. <laughs> I, I hope that all of them show back up again at some point. I like them. Um, I like that. Um, no one really seems to be afraid of Frank anymore either. Like Frank's trying to go legit, and that one guy was like, "Dude, fuck you." Um, but then. You know, we talk. Then, okay. But then Frank, you know, punched him to the ground and pulled his teeth out. So. Maybe you guys want to be showing some respect. Well, I I thought of something. I don't know if this is anything or not, but uh, we talked a little bit about Frank and Ray both, but together they are having, it looks to me like they're having like parallel journeys in opposite directions because Frank yeah. is losing everything in his life and he's losing everything in his life's going to shit. And he is going from the respectable businessman that he had built himself up to be back to being a gangster. Whereas Ray is pulling himself up out of the gutter. He's not drinking anymore. He's saving Annie's life. You know, he's becoming a good cop. And so Mm -hmm. it seems like Ray is getting success proportional to Frank's, uh, you know, detriment. That's interesting. That is. Yeah. Do you think though, that also, I mean, Ray might be sort of faking a little bit, that he's just doing this, so so that he doesn't lose his kid, like, right now? I don't know why that would affect him, like, not drinking with Frank at the bar. Well, but what he said was that because he was mad, 
was like, I find that drinking dulls my sensibilities, and if I stay sober, I can stay mad. He wants to stay mad at whoever shot him so that he yeah. can be angry at them. But uh, you were, I thought you were saying he was pretending uh, to be a better man just to keep Chad. But Well, well yeah, but like pretending. Yeah, okay. like he really he wants to he wants to get drunk and fuck up this person, but also it's yeah no I guess, I guess he could be, yeah I think he's I actually moving up I a little bit in his conundrum. abilities yeah. and in his life. I mm-hmm. think that the near death experience is going to be a big deal for Ray, and it's going to make him change. You mean the death experience and the rest of this is all fake? Oh God! Do you want me to write that down? <laughs> I'll write that down. And you'll lose no, a point. <laughs> don't write it down. Okay, so um, are we done with Frank for now? Sure. Let's move on to Paul. Okay. We find my Paul one phase. Um, so Paul is definitely yeah, gay. So. You think? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> he is. Like, what? What's his problem? I don't, I kind of don't understand the whole like in this day and age. If you're gay, um, dude, be gay. Yeah, well, I uh, I think he had a lot of weird, uh, no pun intended, he had a lot of weird shit drilled into him from his crazy mom. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So he's just messed up in the head. But uh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, did you notice who it was that was following him around and taking pictures? No. You didn't see that? Uh, Ray's partner, Teague. The fat, sloppy, drunk detective. Was following him around taking pictures? Yeah, he was following Ray around. When Ray was uh, at the bike race uh, with his ex-army buddy or whatever, and they had that fight. Really? He was taking pictures of that. that. So he's going to probably be trying to blackmail Ray, I assume. Paul, you mean? Paul, shit. Yes, Paul. Paul. I assume he's going to try to blackmail Paul. But also, Teague was the one who was like, why are you such a dick about the gays? Like, yeah. It's kind of almost like, not maybe a blackmail thing, that but might like, have been a moment maybe where, can you stop being such a dick about the gays? That might have been the first time that anything pinged in Teague's head, hey, this guy has issues with this, maybe it's something I can exploit. That was a really, 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 really interesting scene. That was awesome. And it was like kind of out of nowhere, too. Just like, if you blinked, you missed that. That, yeah. that guy was like, and he was like, hey, so you remember that thing? No, fuck you, punch. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 wait, there what? was definitely <laughs> a Brokeback Mountain situation while they were in the army together. Yeah, yep. And yeah, and it's, it's kind of sad. I mean, the other guy, like, he was he didn't mean anything by it. He wasn't trying to blackmail him or be mean about it. He was just like, dude, do you remember, like, this thing? Do you ever think about it? No. Yeah. Like, okay, okay. I guess you don't ever think about it. <laughs> okay, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I just thought of something. Here's the thing. What? All right. That guy, we assume he's taking pictures of Paul. We assume he's going to blackmail him. But you made this point earlier. Who does he give the? Who does he threaten to give those pictures to? Maybe Paul's mom, but, I mean, the cops aren't going to care. <laughs> uh, yep. Who else is he going to? Oh, I'll show it to your girlfriend. Your girlfriend already wants to break up with you, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yeah. What's the benefit? Who is Paul afraid yeah. of seeing that? Yep. Either. Plus, that yeah, scene, so, he just, all he'd have would be a picture of Paul shoving a guy. <laughs> I know, really? Yeah, him going like, ooh, I like you. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. So, yeah, my notes on that are, like, um, I wrote, miss it, parentheses, what? Village <laughs> outside Alajar, them three days, go back to that, punch, Wow. <laughs> that, that was how that whole thing went down. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you miss it? No punch. Oh, okay. No, I don't miss but, any um, of it, God. Yeah, do, God, whatever. Um, no, you're so gay. then, so I really loved though. I loved that whole club scene. That was really fun. And he was, was so going. uncomfortable in there, and he was uh, <laughs> drinking. I think to try to you know dull things. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that whole angsty cop drama you're rolling, not going to play in there. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Frank was there, though, like for just one second. Well, like, I imagine that's just one of the clubs that boom. Frank owns. Or yeah, that was in. weird. Is that the yeah. club that they were at when he beat the guy up? No, that was later. 
when uh, when who ranked when Frank, Frank beat the guy up? Yeah. Yeah, I like, think I think that was. I think that was in like the basement of that club. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's why Frank or was something, there. Or yes, exactly. Boom. Dun, Boom. Dun, dun, dun. Look at us. We're smart. Look at us doing stuff. <laughs> and um, when when Paul's talking to that one guy, he's like, "You do girls," and like, in a pinch, and with the right medication. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, a uh, little too close to home. Let's not talk about that. But then someone said Tasha. Remember Tasha? Yes, I wrote that down. She was the yep. girl that was with uh, Casper at the yep. mayor's party the last time the mayor saw him alive. Yep. And then private parties, $4,000 a month. Oh. This whole, this whole thing has to do with that whole thing. I wrote something down. I wrote something down the second time I watched it. I'm so – I don't know whether to be – I don't know whether this is right or not. But, Okay. <laughs> When Paul is talking to the guy that tells him about the club, mm-hmm. he talks about he. I think he calls it a circuit club, or that there were some oh. circuit clubs. Who was doing the club circuit? Vera, the missing girl. Do you yeah. think that and, she and they is? They actually said something about like the Russian River in Sonoma or something, right? I think so. So, do you think that she got involved in these clubs and became a prostitute or something? Or or maybe not even a prostitute, but just someone who comes to, like, Casper's little weird house to do videos. Maybe. Could be. Could be. Could be. Could be taken on holiday. Nudge, <laughs> nudge. Say no more. <laughs> Sorry. No. I, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I just I didn't know if that was a, a Vera connection or if I'm just making stuff up, but I hope no, it was. No, that totally could be. That was good. Yes. Okay. So... What else I have left is I have the combinations of people. Okay. Um, let me see, Frank. I think I got all of this. Yes, I'm crossing off my notes as I go. I'm a handwritten note type of girl. Did you get the uh, text that I sent you before we started recording? Um, some of them. The picture. Why? What? The picture that I sent you. Yes, I got it. What? Okay. Uh, to the listener, sorry, this is a picture, but there's a picture. It's a still image from the episode. It's when they're on the film set and the film photographer mm-hmm. is taking pictures and stuff. And uh-huh. in the picture, you can see uh, in the background a mask that looks just like the mask that the guy wears that Annie, Annie and Ray wind up chasing. Yeah. What? So I think besides what? the car coming from the film set, I think the mask came from the film set as well. But the mask came from the wall at Casper's house, didn't it? No, that's the bird mask. Well, but the bird, but there's an empty space on the wall of masks at Casper's house. That's where the bird mask goes, because all of those are animal masks. <coughs> Excuse me. So which mask are you saying came from the film set? I'm talking about the mask that uh, the guy is wearing oh, at the end of the episode. Oh, yes. Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm it's okay. Yes, that. Sorry. So, anyway, look at that picture no, I right. sent you, and it looks creepy. I, I will. The okay. mask was really creepy. I wrote down mask, and, like, with question mark, and then I wrote it again, and, like, I don't know what this is anymore. <laughs> so, um, uh, so yeah, so my next segment was Annie and Ray together. They so work really Annie, well together. I think they do. So, Annie and Ray won. Okay. So, um, car. I wrote car, no, exposure, something, something, field work. Oh, that whole thing. That um, that um, when she asks him about the, the girl, and he's like, you know, no, I didn't do that. And she's like, no, what I'm asking is, like, is this going to interfere with your field work? And you should also sue her, that chick. Yeah. And then also, is that a fucking e-cigarette? Why does everyone have problems with e-cigarettes? <laughs> well, they're sort of affected hipstery uh, thing sometimes. Are they? Are That's they? the impression, yeah. But yeah. not everybody. For, that... for, for me, it's like a, trying to quit smoking because my son is like, you should pretty much only vape and not smoke anymore. And that's awesome. But some people yeah, but, use them just to look cool. But point uh, being... I don't think they look cool. I think they're dorky. Not everybody's against them because last week, uh, Ray told her that she pulled it off. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yes. But he also said so, that um, it was like sucking a robot dick. A robot dick. It's true. It's true. And then, um, so, um, but then we already talked about this mostly. So Paul and um, Antigone, they go to the Mayor Chisani's wife and um, that she uh, takes a big suck off of that pillow thing. It's, like, it's medicine for my eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. 
And uh, she's also super with it and, and uh, daytime. That's what I wrote. She looks very daytime. Or, do you? Yeah. Do you yeah. think that? Uh, do you think that Annie is actually going to try to find out things about Ray for her superiors? Kind of no. I don't think that she's that concerned about it. I think she's trying to solve this case, and I don't think she's actually that concerned about it. What do you I, think? I think that she might have thought originally, okay, sure, that's part of the thing, I'll do it, whatever. But you know what? This episode, there was the scene where they're asking her about him, and the superior tells her, you know, I'm not telling you that you should fuck him, but you should make him think that you might fuck him. And I think at that point she checked out, and she's been spending so much time with him that she's like, okay, this guy may be on the take, but he's an okay guy. And I, I think that she has changed her opinion of Ray. I think so, too. Oh, and then, of yeah. course, he saves her life, so. And I think, I mean, seriously, I keep going back to it. A lot of this is very film noir and very Godfather. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to, like, take people with the fact that some of them might be messed up in certain ways, good in certain ways, or bad in certain ways, and good in certain ways. And you have to, like, kind of just weigh it. You have to put it all on a scale. And, like, so is he, like, a dick who beats up people who are mean to his kids? Uh, or maybe it's a person's dad who's mean to his kid, but you know he's not—he's not a bad guy. He's not no. like a rapist murderer. He's and, a guy who's like really into justice, and I think she's into justice. I think that's where I'm coming from. And he's again, into justice. I think that his near-death experience is changing him because uh, in that uh, dream state, his dad says to him, "Your hands look like your dad's hands," and he looks down, and they're yeah. covered in blood. And I think he's like, shit, I got to change myself before I find out I'm on the same path as my dad. Yep, totally. Good point. Sorry. Yes. Um, so what else you got on Paul and Annie? Uh, I don't have any more on the two of them. Okay, I don't think I do either. Let's see, I had a little bit of Frank and Ray. Okay. But, uh, it's just mostly about like uh, Casper's place, which we kind of covered this already. Um, talking about that, and he oh, that he accused him though that Ray's like you walked me into something, and that's fucked up. So like yeah, and he wanted like, to know I, what's why are you yeah. trying to figure this out? Yes, exactly. And then Frank finally came clean with him and was like, so yeah, I had to deal with him going. And I think Ray actually probably respects that. Like, well, yeah, I think that that is up. another example of what I was talking about earlier about how Ray is gaining power while Frank is losing it. If this had been two weeks ago, there's no way he could have said, I want to know, and Frank would have told him. It, yeah, you know? it's true. Oh, and I just found my, my definition of apoplectic, which <laughs> is overcome with anger and extremely indignant. Cool. So, boom. That's what then that means. I am almost always apoplectic about something. <laughs> I'm kidding. You are. No. You are. No, at, like on your uh, on your Facebook, but the people who come into your place—that's <laughs> not apoplectic. That's just no. That those stories <laughs> no. are told no, from a place just, of wonder. That is, I know, an amazement. The funniest stories <laughs> of these people are amazing to me. I'm totally kidding. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise you would punch those people because they're really, <laughs> really weird. Those people who come into your store. Um, so let's see. Um, he has money. Oh, gonna put off the stridency. Yeah, you do that, Frank. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So those guys need to chill. Mm-hmm. Um, X'd out a bunch of pages. Um, hmm. Paul and Annie with a safe deposit box, but I think we pretty much got that. Oh, the, well, I was gonna cover told, that under told, the. Sorry. All she told those guys was that Velcro was a burnout. Yeah. Like when they were like, "What's his deal?" It's just a burnout. That's it. Yeah, she knows more about him now at this point. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say you started talking about the uh, safe deposit box, and uh, I have a couple things under the Casper Clue Corner this week. Oh, please. Okay. Uh, let's see. They found articles of incorporation that he filed this year for a lot of different companies for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already talked about this, but the house and the car were taken care of by Catalyst and Casper's company. Uh, they found blue diamonds, which maybe they can trace those because they're so unique. I don't know. And uh, back at the house, the camera and the hard drive were missing. So Birdman was cleaning up after himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, just that the mask and the car seem to have both come from the movie production. 
And on a side note that's not an official clue, I think that the film set photographer was, uh, you know, potential as fuck to be uh, the killer. Okay. The guy, the guy the sort of, The guy with the camera, the guy that's working on the film. Oh, okay. Not the guy, not the driver quit. Not that guy. No, no, that I guy's fine. He's, he's, totally, he's a red herring. Totally. He's legit. Yeah, I think this guy might be, this might be the version of last season where they talked to the villain on the lawnmower in one episode. Uh, I uh, think that this might be they talked to the photographer and then we find out at the end of the season it was him all along. So this is the spaghetti face man? Maybe. All along? All along? Okay, hey, you know what? Yeah, official prediction. Yeah. That Really? Okay. Film photographer is bird man. <laughs> bird with several eyes. Yeah. Bird yeah. man. Yes. Okay. All right. So let's see. I don't think I have a whole lot more, actually. Oh, uh, that's all I've got. I'm good. Let me see if I have something in my um, stuff that I printed out. Okay. Um, actually, did I did I ever mention that they went from one LA to the other? What do you mean? Oh, yeah, I mentioned that. Okay, yeah, um, and I mentioned Jacob's letter and Elk Creek Bridge. That was mm-hmm. important to me. Um, Conway Twitty. Yeah, I think I pretty much got everything. Okay. Uh, the, the the club is called Lux Infinitum. That's yeah, a pretty infinite life. Fancy, fancy name. Oh, in, oh, nice, nice. Do you know what Bono Vox means? Uh, Vox is voice. What's the first word? Good Bono. Oh he means yeah, good, good voice. He changed his name to Good Voice because <laughs> subtle. Nice. <laughs> um, I like that the movie looks very Mad Maxi. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's what I thought when I saw it too. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's see. Oh no. Yep. Everything I think I've I've written down here is I've already mentioned. I just okay. remembered it all on my own without looking at stuff. Boom. Good. So we have um we have our one email more email, read, right? Yes, ma'am. And it is also from the Bricktails. So why don't you read this one? I will. Hang on one sec. Let me get back to my inbox. Oh, oh. goddamn woman. This is called Maybe Tomorrow. All right. Hello, hello, gentlemen and lady. Hey, that's us. Hola. Hola. I did get a chance to watch episode three, so I figured I'd fire off a second quick email. Um, first, so, sorry. So, what was that first scene? Was it just a dream, like Ray said later, or was it some sort of afterlife slash limbo sort of place? Of course, his dad showed up in that scene. He wasn't dead. So, probably just a dream. Yeah, so I, I think definitely Ray, a dream. So, I guess Ray survived, and it was just rubber bullets. Wouldn't those do more damage at such close range? Um, I, I did hear an article or an interview today with a doctor who said, probably yes. And he well, did he, say cracked, cracked he ribs. He broke some ribs, cracked, yeah. Cracked ribs hurt. Mm-hmm. Way more than he looked hurt. I've seen cracked ribs. I've seen people with cracked ribs. Well, you ribs saw him hurt. on the side of the road. He was dying there. Yeah, it looked very painful. But maybe he's just super tough and also sexy. Whatever. <laughs> nothing? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> nothing? I didn't see anything. Sadie oh. likes Colin. What? No, no, nothing. <laughs> Okay. Um, in the autopsy of Casper, the coroner said that he had been shot with a shotgun as a sort of torture before he was killed, so I guess Ray got off easy. Did you notice the missing mask in Casper's Hollywood apartment? Presumably this is the source of bird mask. Well, mm-hmm. not according to Shane. No, yes, yes I said that. But it's from the movie, you said. No, okay. I, I said what I meant, I don't know if that's what I said, was the missing mask in his house mm-hmm. is Birdman's mask. It's missing because Birdman was wearing it. But the mask I sent you a picture of is the guy at the end of the episode oh. that burns the car. Okay. Oh, also, okay. I heard I heard also that Rick Springfield has a picture in his office of a guy wearing a Birdman mask. What? Yep. Yep. We need to go back and watch episode two. We need to watch every episode like 78 hmm. times to get yeah. everything, apparently. Yeah. Fuck you guys. Seriously. Do I have to do this? <laughs> Okay. Um, lots of focus on parent-child relationships in this show. Antigone with her dad, Frank talking about his drunk dad walking in the basement, Ray with his son, Ray with his dad, Paul and his mom. Was it me, or did you guys think she was hitting on him at first? No, oh, not, not at first. I mean, the whole, <laughs> time, probably his entire life. Because you. 
Yeah. yeah. Frank, Frank and his desire to have kids. Um, and also Ray. So uh, pretty brutal to see Frank beating that one guy up in this episode. I've been rooting for Frank as he's trying to go legit, but I guess that was never going to work out. Um, did you we wouldn't have a TV show otherwise. What? I said we wouldn't have a TV show otherwise if it was just a story of a guy who's a straight businessman, you know. I'm just trying to do well. Mm-hmm. well yeah, well, then you would have um, uh, Fresh Off the Boat, and it'd be a sitcom on ABC. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Did you notice in the mayor's house, he has a huge portrait of himself by the door, but with much more hair? <laughs> I didn't. I thought that was a good I test. saw the portraits, yeah. Yeah, but with much more hair. That's yeah. Awesome. Um, anyway, looking forward to seeing what comes next. Bricktails slash Bruce. Yep, me too. Thank you so Thank much, you. Bricktails. Yes, I know. So if you guys want to write in, um, anyone else wants to write in who is listening, I know you all are listening because I hmm. checked the numbers. I know you're out there. Shane, <laughs> where would they write to? They should write a, uh, an uh, electronic mail. They should write an electronic mail to uh, Baltic Effect at symbol gmail.com. That's what, Baltic what, Effect at the, gmail.com. What's the dot? What do you do for the dot part? Like a. So uh, I think. Dot is, is that short one for that Dorothy, under- so I think you have to find someone named Dorothy. I don't know how these okay. newfangled things work. Can you push? Can you push the button under the greater than sign? Can you do that one? I so don't even know what button dot. that is. Yeah, I think I think you could do that. So yes, Baltic effect electronic missives go to Baltic effect. The button under the greater than sign, um, circle A sign, and uh, gmail dot com. I do not support these interpretations of these signs. I don't know. <laughs> Just go ahead and do that. And also, if you want to, it'd be really, really cool if you go out eat on iTunes even, and you like rate us and just like go, hey, four stars, yay. Because that's all. You didn't have to put words. Just four stars would be cool. And if you want to write words like just yay, that's totally cool and helpful. Why stop um, at four? Give on... us seven stars. Yes. Give us I all know. the stars. All the stars. Yes, all the stars. You can go on Facebook, and you can friend us on Facebook, any and all of us. You can like us on Facebook. That's all really cool. And anything else? Anything else, Shane, that they should do? I can't... I no, I think we're good. good. Yeah, I think so, too. So, um, until next week, um, I don't know, something true detective And that's Shane. And I'm Sadie. And good night. Some say love. It is a river. that it drowns the tender reed and some say love it's like a razor and that it leaves your soul to bleed some say love it is a
with the sun's love in the spring becomes the If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.